Welcome back to Guide Live B2B Jam Session. Hey, Rohit, so excited to have you join us. You are currently listening to Who's Taking You Home by Neo. What a smooth guy. This is from his non-fiction album. Shout out to him and the team at Motown Records. Shout out to Neo. This is a really great song. I love Neo as an artist. He's pretty awesome. Grew up listening to him. But I want to get into what we're going to be talking about. Because we have a really special man on our podcast today. And Aaron is a guy, I was just having a brief conversation with him before us going live. And man, this guy has had quite a journey uh, in his career. And I don't want to spoil too much because I think it's always great for you to get to know some of the people that we have on our show. And more importantly, you asking questions with me and having and steering the conversation with me. Right. But the reason why I was really excited to have Aaron on the show today is because, you know, one of the biggest things that I've noticed during this pandemic as a leader of people within my business is how do you talk about healthcare, holistic wellness, holistic health in a way where you're encouraging people to be their best selves and you're giving them an opportunity to make the choices that they need to stay healthy, successful in their lives, right? As they care for their families and even as some of the people in our company, you know, manage their own businesses, right? And the reason why I was really excited to have Aaron on is because he's been leading the discussion around COVID-19 online and offline in his daily work and practice. And I'm really excited to talk to him a little bit about his Richmond Functional Medicine Company, one, but also talk a little bit about his journey and his uh, story in terms of how he's been led and called to do the work that he does. So with that said, I'm really excited to have Aaron on the show with me today. And Aaron, hey man, how's it going? Doing great. Thanks to be thanks thanks for inviting me. Really excited to be here and just um just talk and just kind of yeah, we've already had a great conversation and then you're in a really super <laughs> cool place right now. Um so um Dude, well, thank you for for making time. And, you know, I, I was just grateful that, you know, your representative uh, let me know that you were interested in being on the show because I'm always looking for amazing experts who are leading an amazing movement. I want to give you an opportunity to tell, tell us a little bit about yourself, right? Because, I mean, we know you now, but talk to us a little bit about your journey. Well, I mean, I got, I'm a, I'm a, I've got 
three different hats. I'm a clinical researcher. I'm a you know family practitioner and a functional medicine practitioner. And what got, got me into the functional medicine side of things is my daughter, Anna, who um, we adopted when she was about two and she um, has cerebral palsy. And so when we were just dealing with the healthcare system, um, we found out as they were making recommendations for her health that we just didn't feel right with. My wife is a pediatric occupational therapist and they were recommending us to do procedures, you know, put feeding tubes in her, et cetera. And, um, you know, it's really interesting just to go through that journey and realize that what the experts were recommending wasn't necessarily the best thing for my daughter. And so that's kind of where I kind of veered off the path a little bit and started going into diet and lifestyle things, which then led to genetics, which then led to peptide therapy, which then led to hyper hyperbaric oxygen therapy and a whole host of just really advanced stuff that they're doing in other countries around the world. Um, and other practitioners in the country are doing it, but it just wasn't, you know, the main mainstream kind of thing. And, and my daughter, who's now 15, has thrived. Um, she was never supposed to walk or talk or crawl. And now she's walking with forearm crutches. She loves talking. She calls her grandparents all the time on the phone, which a little too much, actually. They kind of get a little annoyed sometimes. And um, loves to play, <laughs> I know, loves to play card games and chess and stuff. And she's really thriving. And, um, you know, I just question if she'd be thriving the way she is now. I mean, I know she would not if we had, you know, done the first surgical procedure, put the first tube in, cut the first Achilles tendon we're supposed to cut, all these kind of things that were, you know, the eye surgeries. We've, we've done none of those. And she's thriving. Wow. And for those of who you who know about kids with CP, usually about age six to seven, they start going downhill. They don't progress. And she's always progressed, never gone downhill. And it's just because of my wife and I not willing to accept the status quo for her health and being willing to go wherever we had to go, whether it's to Canada to do Pons therapy for her traumatic brain stuff or, or whatever, or do whatever we need to do. And it's changed my career path. I now have a functional medicine practice where I take what I've learned with my daughter and apply it to other patients. You know, and it's been really cool to see how what's changed my family. I'm now changing other people's and other people's families' lives. And it's really just a cool, a cool, um, been a cool journey. Well, let's talk a little bit about that, right? Because I think a lot of people aren't familiar with functional medicine. So speak a little bit to now, you know, from the, that experience with your daughter, it bringing you to functional medicine. What have you been learning? From some of your patients that come in when they, you know, often I'm sure a lot of them don't know what functional medicine is. So how do you educate them? Well, I mean, you know, functional medicine, the basic idea is that everything interacts with everything else. You are a complete system. You're a complete being. And to say like your, your pain and your fatigue and your um, sleep issues and your gut issues have nothing to do with each other is counterintuitive to the fact that you are an integrative integrative being. And so functional medicine looks at the integrative whole, your past medical history, your life experiences, trauma, current trauma, stressors, you know, the environment, and it looks at how that affects your health and then uses information from around the world, not just stuff that's been quote unquote approved or vetted for me, but look, what are they doing in Germany? What are they doing in Switzerland? Why can't I do what they do in India and in Korea? Why can't I use some of their technology and their information and blend it with what I'm learning? And then, and then use my, you know, I've seen over a hundred thousand patients in my career. Why can't I take all those past experiences of seeing people in over three different continents, you know, um, even saw some people when I was in North Africa, you know, we were talking before, you know, just to see that. Yeah. Right. And just, and to blend it all together. Why can't I do that? And that's what integrative functional medicine does. It takes the whole of, of, of the human knowledge, the whole of the, the clinic, the clinician's experience and allows them to then individualize it to the person in front of them. And it requires the practitioner to always learn. I can never stop learning. Like, you know, I feel like I know less, less now than I did when I graduated medical school, you know, but wow. because I'm just, I'm learning how much I don't know. And I think that's, you know, the, mm. whole, the whole, the whole, you know, 
um, Socrates thing. You know, I, you know, the, the true wise person is the one who admits their lack of knowledge and understanding, but does not let them stop from learning. And that's kind of what I've just mm -hmm. also learned with my daughter is like, you know, I can't ever stop learning because people, my daughter, my family, other people who come see me depend on me not being, mm -hmm. not being satisfied with status quo. And that's where functional medicine just people in functional medicine tend to have their own story of their own personal struggle or family members struggle that got them off the beaten path, you know, and, and when you get to Wonderland, you realize, you know, there's a, there's a world in, in color, right. And it's just amazing. Once you go there, you just can't, you can't ever go back. Man, it's really powerful what you're saying, because I think it is the, the type of uh, insight that a lot of people need to hear during this time with where many companies and many countries are still dealing with the pandemic. Even me here in Morocco right now, I'm learning that it's affected the culture in many different ways. But as I look around, you know, they have been I think they're taking some concepts from functional medicine because they're still families and even the family that I'm staying with uh, with my close friend. They're using herbs and they're using all of these different point um, case um, uh, um, uh, health formats to take care of themselves, but still adhering to some of the counsel from the, the kingdom, right? And the, the people who are in different ministries, right? So I'm seeing even right here that functional medicine can have a big impact um, and more importantly, in balance with some of the recommendations that big um, institutions such as the CDC are recommending. You know, I want to ask you to, to kind of push things forward and, you know, COVID-19 continues to be a hot button topic. What have been some of your recommendations for people who are leaders and are leading businesses? Have you been talking to anyone that's a CEO or founder? I, I, I have not. I mean, a lot of, I'm, I'm interacting with their employees, to be honest with you. I'm interacting with the employees of these mm. big Fortune 500 companies that are like having these mandates. You get the vaccine or you lose your job. You know, I'm dealing with a lot more with the employees because that's what as a, as, as a medical doctor, I deal more with people one on one, you know, um, and that's where yeah. I'm seeing this big disconnect with, you know, um, you've already had COVID. You did, you're doing fine. Do you have to get this vaccine? And I, one of my patients actually works for the local city municipality. And he's like, you know, I have my vaccine, but it's my personal information. It's my, you know, HIPAA, you know, right to privacy. I'm not going to give them my information. And he actually might lose his job, not because he's not vaccinated, but because he's, he's, he's actually following through with his right to privacy. That's and crazy, them, man. And like, and like, and like, and the thing of me, he's willing to lose his job over. I'm like, you know, kudos to you, man. I don't know if I'd be, I'd, like to, I'd be like, sure, give me another shot, you know, whatever. But the point is yeah. like, it's just amazing how, how, how things have gone. That someone who just wants to exercise mm -hmm. their, the right to privacy, um, to medical freedom, who actually has had the procedure, but might lose his job. You know, that's just, um, then that's the level I'm dealing with. Yes, as a medical doctor, we tend to deal more at the level of individuals, you know, small business owners. I have a lot of people who own their own small businesses, contractors, you know, um, that's the kind of level that I, as a small business owner, and in my small business, we have like, you know, maybe about 80 employees combined between my three businesses. Wow. So, which is still wow. considered, you know, small compared to like, you know, the ones that have like hundreds yeah, yeah, of thousands of yeah. employees. hundred percent. Yeah. hundred percent. And which is, which is really, really good. Cause I mean, uh, there's a, I mean, I, learned a lot about the medical system in in, 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 in in my past lives. And you know, you see that in the, the bigger the the the, the mm. system or the bigger the hospital is not necessarily the better the care. <laughs> As we know, right? So I was, well, no, I was like good. in a small mission hospital in the middle of nowhere in Ecuador. It was four family practitioners and a surgeon. And we were doing car open cardiac windows. We were doing thoracotomies. We were doing these major surgical procedures that you do at like, you know, level one trauma centers at this little 38 bed hospital in the middle of nowhere um, that didn't even have um, a, their, the ability to do arterial blood gases. They would do pulse oxes 
with people under anesthesia and they were doing it because there was no other options. Either you do it or they die. And so it was amazing to see like what you can, what, how much you can do with very little in certain places in the world. It was just really eye-opening because here in the United States, they, that wouldn't fly, but they provided amazing care to this place in the middle of nowhere where people didn't have, I mean, either you basically didn't have access to care, they would just die and they got amazing care with this little small hospital. It's kind of cool. Yeah. So talk to me a little bit about, because I, I think one of the things I want to touch on here, and that is a, is a really important um, part of this entire conversation around uh, the pandemic it, within the business context as well, is right, you know, the right to privacy, right? Because HIPAA regula regulation is something that you as a wise doctor, you're recommending your patients to make sure that they're obviously taking control of their private health information, because no one has a right to say, give me your health records without like clear rationality. And, and then when they associate it with their livelihood and, and well-being, that's kind of corrupt, right? And and you're educating your, your patients, but there's many people who aren't receiving that type of education. And I know some of these people. So I want to talk to you a little bit about how should, you know, if you were talking, because there's someone like now listening that could very well maybe be your patient one day, right? What do you, how are you talking to some of these individuals in terms of how, how they should take control of their right to privacy? Talk to me a little bit about that. I mean, it's, it's hard because ultimately people talk, it's uh, talking about losing their jobs. You know, the local medical system here has said, if you don't get the vaccine, you lose your job, period. You know, how do you talk with people who've been a nurse at a hospital for 20 years, you know, in the same hospital, the same university system, I have some patients that are professors there and they're like, you know what, I, and they're from, some of them from Eastern European countries and they have like, I just don't trust a lot of stuff. You know, some of them are actually from Russia and they have a certain amount of, you know, um, distrust of the government just because where they're from. And like, you know, it's hard because it, there's a big disconnect between the people actually doing work, the people actually providing care, providing education, whatever, and the leadership. And that's what I'm seeing. And there's so many, it's, there's so many layers between there and it's hard, you know, how do I educate people? How do I talk to people about, Hey, you, you take a stance, you might lose your job. That's, that's really hard. I mean, and that's, what's getting ready to start now, but I was reading an article about, um, there's a big nursing shortage, for example, in the country right now, you know, it's hard for me to find nurses and there's literally hospital systems that are losing, getting ready to lose lots of nurses that aren't going to get, because they don't get the vaccine because they've already been sick. They've already had COVID already gone through it. You know, they were at the front line. You think about, you know, there's a, um, police officers, state police officers, um, healthcare workers, they're at the front lines with all the stuff and I might lose their job over this. I mean, is that insane or what, you know? And so I'm yeah. dealing with individuals and there's this big, huge um, separation between people actually providing work and care and doing the actual work of business, whatever that might be. And the leadership There's a massive disconnect. Yeah. And I think one of the things that, you know, I've been really fearful for is that when people like yourself are educating or sharing nuanced perspective, right? Um, a lot of people are kind of like, you know, they want to hear what they want to hear based on their circle of information. And one of the, the most powerful for me, the thing I've, I've realized, and this is me being a, in a position of leadership uh, in my own company, is that, you know, for me as a leader, I can't create any type of mandates when that's just really foolish because everyone has their own subjective and their own personal way in terms of how they approach their health. Healthcare. We can empower our people to make the best decisions for themselves and their family, right? And I'm not a doctor, <laughs> but I know that this is probably the best way to approach things. But one of the things that, that I think I've been really taken aback by is this idea that, you know, that we don't, we can't have people take control of their own holistic health. Because I, you know, me just, even with the little that I know of medicine, but also healthcare, is that, as you mentioned, it's integrated. It's how do you, how often are you sleeping? How often are you working out? How are you dieting? Do you take walks every day? Are you in sunlight? And for me, I've been able to maintain even a healthy practice 
through COVID-19. Because I can even talk back to during COVID-19, I felt really out of shit because I was staying in too much and I was eating, right? Like in, in the in the restaurant right across from my house because it was so easy and convenient for me and everything else was shut down. But there was a point during then that I took control of my own health practices, right? So for me, I want to ask you, Aaron, you know, what are some of two or three recommendations for how people can start taking control of their health just little by little? I mean, I think, you know, and I think there's different perspectives on that. From the, the medical doctor perspective, I think, you know, you know, there's three major, you know, I call it the, the triangle of health, three major things that are the most important things for your health. You know, one's your gut health, things you eat and how it affects your gut, which is where 90% of your immune system sits. We've actually learned a lot from COVID about how the gut bacteria actually sets people up for severe COVID or not, you know, um, stress, mm. you know, how are you managing stress? We're really bad in the West with stress management, with how social media and the news affects our stress and elevated stress affects your hormones. It affects your liver's ability to detoxify. It affects sleep wake cycles. It affects cortisol, all this kind of stuff. And then sleep, you know, the average American sleeps six and a, six and a half hours at night. Um, back, you know, 1800s, we slept eight and a half hours a night. And we know from, from other data, even from COVID and, and flu, that if you sleep six versus eight hours a night, you increase your risk for a severe infection 25 to 30%. So it's kind of like, these are like, and these are really basic things that anybody in the world can work on diet, you know, stuff can work on sleep and stress. And those are the kind of where I start because those are some foundational things that, um, if you do well, can impact everything else. There's actually this interesting, this is Island, a Polynesian Island in the Pacific where 80% of the males smoke yet they have no increased risk for heart disease and cancer. And you have to ask yourself why, you know, there's this thing called the French paradigm yeah. where the French eat rich fatty foods. They drink wine, they smoke, no increased risk for heart disease. Right. And you have to ask yourself why, and it comes down to these basic things of you know eating real food and controlling your stress. And that's, those are the two things that if you look at blue zones, you know, these are places around the world where people live to be a hundred more than anywhere else. Diets are radically different, but it's real food. Um, social community, family, super important, you know, and, um, it's really interesting to see what really makes a difference with health. And, you know, when you look at the data that says half of all chronic disease in our country can be directly attributing processed foods. If you look at the data from the Harvard School of Public Health that says 80% of heart disease and 70% of cancer can be prevented by diet and lifestyle alone, all of a sudden the biggest yeah. health things people can do have nothing really to do with an expert. It's up to the individual to be educated and implement. Mm. Hey, Aaron bombshell you, you you should i think you know a lot of people are listening to this or like thinking bombshell but i you're there's so many um lights going off in my head um and this is me as not an expert this is me as a business leader and as someone that is just taking care of his health day to day making sure i'm being mindful of it that i'm really in awe about because it's also some of the practices i see my mother and my father doing gratefully right eating mm. eating food that are rich in antioxidants right taking walks right and also trying to live my, my mom's a nurse by the way also trying to live a, a low stress life even though they deal with people who are sick and who mm. need care every single day but I, i've i've realized that even being in morocco and then I'm, I'm i'm well traveled gratefully that certain those basic principles are like of, of, of being around family being around community and just being mindful of what you eat, they go a long way. Even if you're eating a lot of carbs, right? <laughs> you know, Aaron, I, I really, I'm really. So this is how I summarize that, and I really want to kind of echo this to everyone that's listening. Take care of your gut, get some sleep, and live a low stress life. So I want to touch a little bit on the stress, like living a low stress life, because one of the things that we saw in terms of stats, and I'm sure you saw this, Aaron, is that depression, uh, mental health issues, 
um, and even to a degree, uh, um, um, uh, like mental health really declined during the pandemic, right? Because people were isolating. They weren't spending time with their family. And they, to a degree, many of their cities wasn't weren't encouraging them. How can people take control of their mental health? What would you? But, how, what are some recommendations? I think one of the biggest ones now is unplugging. Unpl you know, there's there's a direct correlation with news feeds and stress and anxiety. There's a direct correlation with exposure to blue screens and anxiety and cortisol levels. There's a direct correlation with um, access to social media, you know, and stress and anxiety. So just unplugging, having time that you can just be, right? Just you can just experience your family, your kids playing. You can just experience nature, a sunset. You can just just be, and that's that's. All these things get us wrapped up into, you know, looking back at the past, which is ruminating or worrying about the future, which is anxiety. And like the people that are really good at just being you like you meet them, you're like, wow, you're like totally Zen. You're totally like in control. You're here. You're cognizant. You're listening to me. Like how many times do we talk with people? We're literally like they're looking at their phone, looking at other places. And we're like, you're not. Yeah, I'm just going to go find someone else to talk with because you're not really, you know in this conversation, you know, and just yeah. being in the moment existing, that's, that's such an important part of stress control. And that's, you know, it's hard when we're all plugged and attached to some kind of device somewhere. You know, Aaron, it's so powerful because even for me as a technologist, I see it often. I'm like, I'm the, I'm the tech guy, <laughs> but I'm not as committed to my, my devices um, as most people are. And it, it's really, really sad. You know, Aaron, you know, while we still have you, I want to ask. Yeah, sorry, you, my, oh, like my thing was my, my, my computer was about to cut off. So I had to go plug it in real quick. So. Oh, I okay, you know, I have you good. Yeah, we wait for that. Talk to us a little bit about how, you know, what are some of the things that you're doing to, to continue to educate people and where, where can people find you, man, online? Well, yeah, I've got like a, a three level, like a system. The first level is just regular, good old fashioned social media, which, you know, is Richmond and Grave and functional medicine, either through Instagram or Facebook. And that's where I just put little snippets out there about diet, about, you know, we have a little farm. I did a little thing about, you know, September's National Honey Bee Month. So I talk about honey and the benefits of honey, right? You know, and um, so, we, you know, I do that like, like very low level stuff, like introductory, like how do you kind of plant seeds that you hope will grow one day, right? Then on our website, which is richmondfunctionalmedicine.com, I've got podcasts, a few about things like, you know, nutrition, stress, et cetera, blogs. I've got a reading list, actually. I think one of the best things to do is to, do is to read. So I've got a vetted list of some high-level mm. people in the integrated functional medicine world, you know, that have talked about their journey, brain health, gut health, a whole host of things. Um, and then have a community. You know, once you get to the level where you actually want to you know, make some changes, maybe you need other people around you uh, guided by a physician, myself. Um, with health coaches and nurse practitioners. So I've got a community that I've created that I've, you know, educational platform on. I educate people, answer, you know, questions a little deeper because unfortunately, you know, it's kind of hard to answer deep questions on a, you know, social media. And then for people who want to see me one-on-one, -on -one, I've got the one-on-one, -on -one, but the reality is, is most people around the world can't get to me one-on-one. -on -one, so, and if, if 50% of chronic disease can be prevented by, it can be directly related to the food you eat. And if 80% of, you know, these the 70% of cancer and heart disease can be prevented by diet and lifestyle alone. All of a sudden, educating people becomes the critical factor that I can do to help, you know, move people's um, health. So I kind of like my website's like the hub for all these things. Aaron, thank you so much for sharing that because I think it's so popular. And we're a guy that we're big believers 
and educating the masses as much as we can and as little as we can with just our little existence and, and also with really being connected to experts. So I'm really grateful to even just have you on the show, sharing such your insights, because I, I believe we're, we're moving towards uh, what we kind, we kind of consider uh, at Guide, the knowledge economy, right? Um, and also understanding there's credible experts, right? Because now that everyone's a creator on social media, it's very easy to get lost in all kinds of really weird funnels of entertainment where there's no educational value. But the, the fact that you're doing what you're doing is truly, it's truly incredible. And, um, you know, I, I want to ask you because, you know, I have people in my life and I'm sure there's people listening right now who have people in their life who are misinformed to a degree, right? Because they're not able to make objective or subjective um, decisions for themselves that are right because they're being influenced by so many other parties. You know, let's speak to those people real quick. You know, what do you, how do you, is the first start just finding um, a, a trusted um, doctor? And if so, what is the the basis on how to do that? What, what would be your thoughts on that, Aaron? I, mean, I think you have to find a trusted source information. Um, but it's hard because it's it gets kind of technical, and that's where finding a guide. You know, I kind of compare it to like you know, Lord of the Rings when Frodo had Gandalf as his yeah. guide, right? And so I'm kind of the guy who shows yeah, up, gives yeah. people information, but you need a community around you as well. And so I think find that guide, that that trusted source of um, information is the is the hardest thing to do because it's, you can find whatever you're looking for. You know, if you if you're looking for someone who says you know you know eating rocks is good for your health, you'll find that person saying eating rocks is good for your health. If you want to find someone who says eating broccoli is good for your health, you'll find that person too. So necessarily finding what you want yeah. is not the best thing for you. It's finding what you need, and that's where you know just like we talked about very briefly, like just having a wide a buffet of information, looking at different sources, and then comparing them. And that's where I just try to provide that for people. You know, that's all. Like maybe I don't want to be like you know, hey, look at my stuff, but hey, maybe people should come to my stuff first and look at it as a starting yeah. point. And I've got tons of books there that they can read from people at Harvard, Hopkins, and Stanford, and these really high level places, really super smart people, you know? Um, yeah. that's, I think that's a good place to start, but ultimately it's hard because you can find whatever you're looking for and what you're looking for might not be the, what you need, you know? And that's where it gets really difficult. Just find a guy that, that trusted resource, I think yeah. is probably the most important thing. Well, thank you. You know, Aaron, it's been such a pleasure and an honor speaking with you because I think these aspects of functional medicine, integrative medicine, holistic health and wellness, and, and really like you breaking it down to really, really simple terms, it's powerful. Even for me as someone that was aware of these, because often you don't, we don't have people, whether it be in the African-American community or other communities who are talking to experts who have a nuanced perspective, right? And because you're you're not you don't only have a, a knowledge of you know holistic practices, but also you know how can medicine like industrial yeah. medicine um, um, uh, in the sector apply those, right? Because it's not about one or the other. It's about how do you find something that per is personalized for you. So I want to say and really be vivid in this. It's been an honor because right now I think we're facing a lot of misin misinformation in the media, and it's crazy the way consumers are reacting to it. In my opinion. Yeah, I totally agree with what you're saying. You know, you just gotta stay well informed, but be willing to be willing to entertain ideas that challenge your own preconceptions. And that applies mm. to everybody, you know. Be willing to have your own ideas challenged. And that's I've done that for my entire life. And it's taken me down a path I never expected I'd go down, but I am happy with the path I've gone down. I'm I'm looking forward to future, you know, preconceptions I have being challenged and seeing, you know, where where my journey goes. Yeah. So let me ask you, Aaron, before we like, we always ask this question, I feel as if you should have a book. Where's the book? When is it coming? <laughs> um, you know, actually, I have people ask me that question maybe a year from now. Um, okay. One of the things I specialize in is, is, is really difficult cases. You know, I've had patients go to Mayo and places like Hopkins come see me. Yeah. And I've found these, these things that, you know, 
in my world are very common, but in the academic world are uncommon. And so I've been able to guide people through their healing process. And so I'm, one of the books I'm considering put is called, you know, it just it deals with that, deals with how do you walk through this? Because the reality is, is that there's a lot of people that are, aren't, are unwell um, out there and um, they need help. Mm, mm, that's powerful, Aaron. Thank you so much, man. It's been an honor speaking with you. Please make sure you check out richmondfunctionalmedicine.com. I've shared the link in my comments. And more importantly, we will continue to, uh, um, you know, we'll definitely have Aaron back in the future. Hopefully not during COVID. <laughs> hopefully when the world's in a better place. Hopefully, hopefully, hopefully I'll be soon, right? Hopefully I'll be soon. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> It's, it's sooner than later, right? Aaron, man, it's been a pleasure talking with you, man. I'm wishing you the best of the day. And see you soon, man. Great. Thanks a lot. <laughs> Take care. Bye. You too. And that was the amazing Aaron on our show. And please make sure you check out his company, his business, his life. Man, Richmond Functional Medicine. Mr. Aaron Hartman is literally one of the leading voices and experts in this space. He's literally working with the institutions the companies that are providing this vaccine to millions and billions of people. Um, he's working with them. He is an expert in every true sense of the word on, on holistic medical practices as well as industrial medical um, practices. And it's really been an honor speaking with them because I think I've had a lot of people during this time as a leader who are misinformed and are seeking all sources, but the right expert sources. So it's been grateful. For me to talk, speak with them. And if you're listening to this and you're a part of our community, you're a part of Team Guy, I want to encourage you like continue to take control of your health. Continue to find ways to care for your body, you know, whether it's drinking tea, right? We offer that through Big Black Tea. That's something that can help you take care of your mind, take care of your body, take care of your entire holistical practice because it fits in so well. Or it could be drinking coffee because co even coffee has its own benefits, right? In terms of the seeds, the, the different coffee seeds and the different coffee nuts, right? They can really be actually good for the heart if you're doing it in moderation as with all things, right? So definitely stay plugged in team guide of all of the things that we're doing and the work we're working on this season, this season for you all. So you can better take care of your holistic health and have stronger practices, right? So guidegroup.com is where you can go to continue to stay plugged in with what we're doing and how we're leading in today's day and age. And more importantly, please take care of yourself, take care of your mind, take care of your health, take care of your body, take care of your families, and continue to lead your movement with this. All right, check us out at guidegroup.com, guidegroup.com. Check us out. And more importantly, stay well, stay fit. And as always, live in abundance. All right, y'all. Talk soon. Peace.